Welcome to the Caged Vision Show, where each week we talk about one thing, putting your vision to work. So whether you're the CEO of a large company, maybe an executive within a large company, maybe you're a small company, maybe you are an entrepreneur that is just getting started. Each of you has a vision for where you want to go in the future, and we talk about how to get there, how to put that vision to work. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, it's Carrie Rome and Lisa Shuck. Yes, I did it yes. on the first try. Yes, you did. That is so awesome. So you didn't. It took what two weeks? Yeah, it took two weeks. Was there any like sort of? Did your friend? Am I the only one that has given you grief over this? Yeah, you are. Really? Yeah, because I'm gonna stay Beck at work. I am still Lisa <sighs> Beck. I am. Okay. Although because of the business cards, you don't want to have new business. <laughs> Or is it the email? I the email. Or oh did you my get a gosh. Pen? Oh my gosh. I I ooh, not a new name tag or anything uh, like that. I'm not doing any of that. Okay, but the other day I was somewhere and someone tried to introduce this is this is going to build up for your case of just changing my name across the board. Okay. I was out. Someone wanted to introduce me. They didn't know how to do it. Because Greg was there? No, Greg wasn't there, oh. but we were like, but even the more, person knows me in a professional setting, but we were in a personal setting. So they were confused as to, well, do I say Lisa Beck or do I say Lisa Shuck? And so I just sort of laughed and said, I don't really know who I am today. So let's just go with Lisa You're Shuck. You're confusing the market. Uh, I know. And if you confuse, you, you lose. lose. Thank you, Don Miller. Yes. So. Lisa Shuck. All right, Carol, let's move on. Welcome to the Cage Vision Podcast. Today we are talking about uh, self-discovery and exploration. So the reason or the way that that ties into the Cage Vision Podcast is because if you do not go through a process of self-discovery or ex exploration, wow, it's a little difficult to say. Really? Well, it is right now. We didn't even have those tequila shots that you referenced. No, I, <laughs> I thought we would do this better if we had tequila shots, but not today. Exploration, okay. Yeah, but exploration for, I want to explore this word, because when you put it at oughtness, A-U-G-H-T-N-E-S-S. Well, the, so the title of the podcast is Don't Trade Self-Discovery and Exploration for oughtness but isn't that if that goes for the whole i ought to do something you, you, ought, you ought to do this then that's you know you know o-u-g-h-t-n-e right are you asking me how to spell something no yeah wrong that's you're correct that was a bad idea okay i got it but anyway 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 so i wrote a linkedin post this turned out to be a pretty popular post so i thought hey that's probably something we should talk about because oughtness comes from a place that we probably don't really think about. Ooh, that's good. Mm, nice transition, huh? Nice transition. So I think it kind of comes from, you know, our upbringing and sort of how we get raised, and particularly our school system, which is telling, pretty much telling you, you ought to do this and you ought to do that. And so we go through this process all of our lives of people directing us. And over and over and over again. And then as you mature, you get more advice. Yeah, because you switch from having teachers giving you advice to 
peers and mentors giving you career advice. You ought to do this. You yeah. ought to get your MBA or you ought to go you work here or this. you and, ought oh, you know to what you ought to do. You know what you ought to do? Oh, wow. And people love giving oughtness to others. That is so true. It is true. They don't oughtness themselves, if that's a thing. I'm not sure. We're making this up. It's we all are, good. Man. Anyway, so you get a lot of that. Then you get into, uh, you know, maybe a family and you start, and then there's keeping up with the Joneses. Well, I think that starts early on, too. I mean, I remember when I was in high school, and this will date me, uh, remember Guest Jeans? Like, I so wanted to. Is that a 1950s? No, that is like, are you kidding (laughs) me? Um, You know, everybody at the high school had, you know, guest jeans. And my mother was like, I am not paying $60 for a pair of guest jeans. So I went and babysat until I earned the money so I could buy the guest jeans. But I mean, like, every, I'm sure your girls have the same thing, keeping up with the Joneses. I would die for a pair of $60 jeans. Because I can guarantee you, your jeans and your girl's jeans cost more than $60. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> probably so. So so there's the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. And then there's FOMO, right? Fear of missing out. And then you get in this bad loop of, I don't want to miss out, and so I ought to do this, and I ought to do that. And you're really chasing someone else's dream, somebody else's vision. And then you get in this regret loop, and it's really, really not good. And all of this boils down to something pretty simple. Not making the decision to invest in yourself. I think that's it. You know, when we when you first told me this is what we were going to do today, I was like, yeah, okay, that's good. But now that we're really walking through it, I think we do this so much on a day-to-day basis. And you're right, we don't even think don't about, think about it. it. You no, don't we don't even it. think about it. You, you wake up. You think about it. You wake up. Just the said, pressure don't of, oh, I ought to do this today. And we have self-imposed sort of this is what this looks like and I have got to do this. Yeah, well, let's say you're getting ready and you're listening to the radio or you're watching uh, TV. Everybody's telling you what you should think. Everyone's telling you what you should. So if, unless, you, unless you say, this is what I want, which is probably that caged vision in your head, unless you say, this is what I want, and then you architect, oh, gosh almighty, I'm struggling. The struggle is real today. Unless you architect a plan that says, I'm going to do these things to help me get there, well, then you're just, you're letting oughtness overcome you. Wow. And I, yes. That is so true. I mean, just like you said, it's just a, it's a slow drip. Just it's a slow drip. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking through my or day a slow fade, to, maybe. Oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking through my day today and everything that I've done, and the innate pressure I feel about several different things of oh, I ought to get this done. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a self-imposed sort of, you know, I'm an achiever. I got to check things yeah. off my yeah. list, but. I think we do that all the time without stopping and sort of thinking through the implications and is this the best plan and what does this look like and wow it's that's easy so to do that. true it's, it's so easy. easy just to fall in and start uh, becoming a taskmaster and feeling good about all the tasks that you did but never really saying is that is that get me to where I want to be or not or I'm just I'm so consumed by achieving a task so anyway that's how it happens that's how oughtness happens. 
So what does it take to be okay with this whole self-discovery and exploration? Oh, my gosh. You said exploration. Did I? You did. Okay. Did you have a tequila shot before I, I got I here? I did. I had enough tequila. I was in Miami this past weekend. I had enough. Yeah. Ah. I had enough. Did you uh, stray from your normal vodka tonic? Vodka soda water. Vodka soda is that what you do? Uh, you're having struggles over there. You just said vodka. <laughs> Maybe we should have done tequila. No, I did. Uh, you know they have uh, some really good bars with some really good drinks, and so I, uh, I partook in you know the specialty drinks. You explored the drink menu. Yeah, mm. a little self discovery. A little self discovery. Yeah. But I always go back to my staples, sort of land the plane at night. Nice. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Anyway, so back into the group. So this whole process of really pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, because it is more comfortable to just be in oughtness land. Because you know, everybody's telling you what to do. And as long as you're okay with being on everybody else's journey for you, literally, you are accepting everybody else's journey for you. If you're okay with that, well, then this podcast is not right for you. But if, if you say, you know what? That kind of makes sense. Why am I doing it that way? All right. So there's a couple of things that you need to be okay with, right? The first one, Lisa. Well, you have to believe that you're worth investing in. And to me, this is just a confidence issue. Yeah. And people say, well, I I don't know, or I'm not sure. I don't have, I don't know. I've never done this before. No, you haven't in a lot of cases. But I think people need to do their research and understand who they are and yeah. what they can do. And by doing that, they'll have the confidence to do something different and not be like everybody else. Yeah, it's, it is literally the first step. It's the first step. Because unless you say, you know what? I should, I should be doing things so that I can trust my, my decisions. And the only way to trust your decisions is to become more informed. And the only way to become more informed is to feel like you're worth the person that you don't need other people. You're worth, you have the confidence because you, you went and consumed the information that you need to make an informed decision. And so I truly believe as simple as it is, that is the first step. And the second one is you got to be okay with not having all the answers. Now that can be a big struggle for a lot of people because I know, and I don't, you know, we've done a podcast on when it's okay to move forward when you don't have all the information that you need to make a decision. And people are like, I have to have every single piece of information before I can move forward. And I, I've never really understood that. Cause What's I'm that like, analysis paralysis? Yeah, but, but I think if you have 80%, 70%, play out the scenarios. No, you, the way I've heard a, heard a great tip. The way to, to, um, to, if you get into that habit of analysis paralysis, the, the thing to do is say, okay, make a list of the information that you need before you can make a decision and write it down. Because what happens is when you get new information, you create new questions. But if you go by what you said you needed in order to make a decision, and once you get that information, make a decision, you'll find that, you know what? I really don't need any other information. Okay, I have the best example for this. Oh, fire away. So I went to Stonier Banking School where I met um, Max Mateo. I'm giving a shout out to Max. She was a regulator, federal regulator, embedded in 
a large institution. Mm. I don't know if I'm allowed to say, so I just won't. Um, she was on my. You do well, you're like, ju- in fairness, you're just now getting around to being able to say your last name. Yeah, that's so very true. <laughs> we're not going to call it back. Very true. <laughs> Truth. Um, so we were on this marketing sim. We had to run a company, right? And shocker, I was named president. And Max was named CFO because you had five people on the team. Yeah. Everybody has to have a role, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They only give you so much information. Mm-hmm. And then you have to make decisions. And then you have to say, this is what we're going to do. And then you hit submit. And then it tells you what you did for the next quarter, right? Max would, was never happy, right? Oh. There were not enough. There were not enough pieces of information. It goes exactly. And then if I got her that information, there were always more questions. I mean, we could just never, I mean, it was really funny. And I really value that in Max because, you know, I would be like, let's just do it. And Max would be like, "Um, we should probably run some numbers on this before we make this decision. And I'm going to need answers to the following 101 questions. But it was interesting to see that dynamic because a lot of times we didn't have the information yeah and so i think that the the balance there is what everybody's looking for is where do you start to achieve diminishing marginal returns on the answers that you're getting is there just an incremental benefit from that how much information it took and how long it took well then it's time to go ahead and go if everything if new information you're getting completely changes things you're not ready but there is a balance and you always, always, always have to be okay with not having all the answers because you never will. Yeah, and I think you're, to your point of what are the questions I have to have answered mm-hmm. to make a decision instead of answering those questions and going, okay, well, now I have 12 more questions I need to ask before yeah, yeah. I move forward. Yeah, very good. And the last one, the last sort of what it takes to be okay with this process. Well, you have to reframe failure because it's an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doing your and I mean, you're doing discovery and exploration. That that's not an outcome in and of itself. No, in the failure, it's the failure is just a new learning point, and then you pivot and you learn again and you pivot and you learn again, and that's how you're going to grow. But if you if everyone just stopped after they failed the first time, well, we would not be very far. There's a lot of diseases that would have never been cured. Well, we wouldn't have light bulbs because I think yeah, Thomas we, Edison failed on that a few hundred times or something. This podcast would not be possible. Right. So, I mean, yeah, so just being being okay with that and maybe that's reframing failure. And it's just it's part of the process. The the, the key is try to make those failures small. And so save a little powder for the second and the third iteration of where you're going because the first one more than likely is not going to be. So listen to what we've just told people. You're worth investing in. Start trying, right? The second is um, once you start trying, um, what did I say here? Well, you have to determine what you yeah, need yeah, to have the yeah. answers to to move forward. So you're worth investing in. Um, you're, you're not going to have all the answers before you start. But, but by the way, you're going to fail. Just make sure that, so it's, it's, it is a careful balance. You can see why people stay in this land. And you can see why people, yeah, I have analysis paralysis. But being in that cage, having your vision cage is not fun. No. So 
it's not fun, and I think people are frustrated, but I think a lot of people don't even realize that that's where they are because they're stuck in the oughtness. You're stuck on the treadmill of life. Yeah. Well, this should work, but I ought to do this. Well, okay, really? Yeah. You really have to do that? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, all right, what can you do? Well, I think— Let's talk about what we can do. Oh, my gosh. So listen, so first is you're you're not strange. You got here by for a reason, right? You got here because of your schooling. It's, it's very natural. People said all your life you ought to do this, okay? So that was step part one. Part two is here's what you need to overcome to kind of st- to start the last process. And the last process is here's what you can do starting today. So write down what you would try or do if the if there were really no implications at all like there was nothing that could ever go wrong what would you try or do what are you holding back right so that's sort of the first part what what would you go for if there was no implications financial professionally and I'm not asking you to name it. Yeah, because I'm not going to. I feel like you were positioning to name it. No, I was thinking if I could come up with one that I would be willing to name. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think well, that... Well, yeah, I've said, I've said in the past that, you know, um, I always wanted to auto AML. I always mm-hmm. wanted to take a stab at starting technolo- uh, creating some technology. And you did. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it failed. Because we but, created we created an island. We didn't solve the right problem. It was an amazing problem. We had regulators say, oh, my gosh, this is brilliant. Every bank should have it. That wasn't the banker's biggest problem. Right? So that was a, that was a lesson. It wasn't a failure. We'll come back to that technology at some point. We just need to build a bridge to what we built. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. I think this goes with a lot of things, both personally and professionally. Yeah. You know, sort of like writing out, we've, we've said this, we've suggested this before, write out your perfect day. Yeah. You know, if you do that, you're going to write out what you want to do, both personally and mm-hmm. professionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that sort of lays out your world and says, this is the perfect scenario. Yes. But then I think... You start thinking about it and think, well, that'll never work because of this reason or that reason. Mm, and you're, you're leading us straight in this. I am. Yes. I perfect. am. I am. I'm segueing. Yes. Would you like to talk about what to do when you start thinking about that'll never work and worst case go scenarios? There. Yeah, you go there. Keep going with it. Well, when you start thinking about your perfect day and then going, it'll never work and start naming the reasons, write down what is the worst case scenario yeah. and what would the result be if mm-hmm. it came true? Mm-hmm. So now you're dealing with, you could say, first thing we said is no implications. Second thing is all implications and write that down. Worst case scenario. Oh my gosh. And then the last step is build a plan to solve for the worst case scenario. Because you've just said this would be the worst thing. So build a plan for that. And you will in any other thing that's not that bad. You would have solved for because you solved for the worst. I think some people, well, I know some people do this naturally, and I'm going to, um, Greg does this. Like, I don't always do this, but he always, if there's some sort of plan, yeah. he has already gone through five different scenarios, what the results are, how he'll mitigate the risk, yeah. or how he'll solve yeah. for this. Yeah. And I'm like, 
we don't even know if this is going to happen yeah, yet. Yeah. He goes, yeah, but I got a plan for if it does. I'm like, all right, that works. God love him. Yeah, I need more of that. Yeah, yeah. But I think that we can all work towards that, right? It takes, mm. again, self-discovery and exploration. We have to spend some time going, okay, what does this look like? And what's the plan to solve for that? Lisa scenario? back. Lisa, sorry. Gosh. Ah! Lisa, shuck. This has been really good because I personally I can't deal with oughtness. I want I want my kids, I want everybody to really believe in this self-discovery and exploration process, particularly as it relates to your vision and just water that seed. If you've got something, write it down, go back to it, go back to it, build that plan for what it's going to take to get there. We hope you found this meaningful, helpful. We hope it builds confidence and your plan to break out of oughtness and unleash your cage vision. We'll see you next week.